I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Down the blind, Andrew John inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Zealand defeat Samoa 50 to nil. Uh, wow. Wow. What a resounding win by New Zealand. And we spoke about it uh, in Packer Up Boys last week, how as an Australian that is interested, obviously, in origin, that was an extra layer of Michael Maguire heading into that match. Because mm. if they come out and got beaten by Samoa and then Australia go and do them, the headlines would be absolutely crazy around Michael Maguire. But, mate, I tell you what, that's if you're a New South Wales fan... That is music to your ears going 50-0 against Samoa. And also, it wasn't just like they came out and blown off the park. If anything, I thought Samoa started the first probably 10-15 better than New Zealand. But New Zealand's uh, ability to stay composed and just confident and, and structured, like everything was just it just worked for them. Um, they had multiple players at different periods of the game dominating the game. I didn't think there was actually a single player that, you know, maybe Hughes, but he's a seven. But I didn't think there was actually a single player that you could go, he dominated the whole 80. I actually thought there were little blocks where you saw like a Joey Manu situation, Dylan Brown situation. You know what I mean? So I, I really, really, um, I think this is great for New Zealand. I tell you what, New Zealand versus Australia, I it's almost 50-50 in regards to the game they play because... The difference between New Zealand and Australia versus Samoa is Australia started incredibly well, but what happened? They dropped a bunch of ball, got undisciplined, all that kind of stuff. Whereas New Zealand, they were absolutely ruthless to the end. I think sometimes with these internationals, like you see, you know, like the scorelines might be a little bit closer than what you expect, or sometimes there's big blowouts and you sort of say, oh, well, that's what they were meant to do. That's what's meant to happen. But like, oh, I didn't see this coming at all. A 50-0 drumming, mm. I, I did not see it at all. And I think you've got to give full credit to the Kiwis for their performance. Uh, I thought the halves were tremendous. I know the <coughs> stat sheet, you know, Dill Brown didn't have any tries or anything, but I thought some of his touches were unreal. Right. His run metres, it wasn't like nearly 200 metres or something yeah, like that? absolute freak. Jerome Hughes was fantastic. Uh, it was just a good all-round game from New Zealand. And uh, uh, we mentioned it with Matty as well. What a captain's knock from James Fish-Harris. Oh, mate. He is... Talk about a guy like late-ish in his career just stamping his authority as, you know, if you ever wanted a player to look at and go, there is so much to, more to rugby league than stats, it's Fisher-Harris. Now, don't get me wrong, his stats are still impressive. 
But you see in the top tier of front row stat-wise, to be honest, he's not even close. And yet, who's the front rower that gets the win all the time? It's Fisher Harris. And he steps up outside of his uncomfortable environment of the Panthers. He goes to New Zealand for the first time captaining. He's stepping up against a Samoan four-pack that is absolutely frothing at the bit and almost a bit of a chip on their shoulder because there's a, you know, a few people of Samoan heritage in that Kiwi side. Fisher-Harris once again steps up to the plate, once again gets his team across the line. And it's so good to see him now you know, as the captain of New Zealand because when he first came into first grade, there was worries that he was going to be the next Mark guy. Mm. He was just a loose human. He was a loose human. Who was getting in trouble. He was on, on the, the edge as well. Yeah, and I, I remember him doing an interview once where they said, oh, you're a bit like MG, and he was embracing it, just loving yeah. it. To see how he has changed as a footballer, more importantly as a leader, it's been incredible over the last couple of years. Mate, watching that hucker with him at the front was like... Oh. Uh, no, thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. No, thank was, you. Uh, they're just chills watching both both sides with yeah. their, their pregame um, stuff. There was amazing, uh, and just the, the I think it was was it Nas uh, and Lee oh, just like face oh, to face. I was like, no, holy thank you, heckers. holy dooly, those two boys. <laughs> yeah, far it'd be a out. fucking it'd be an explosion if they fought. Yeah. <laughs> what about Spencer Lino? You see the full quid? He is lost. He's got a screw loose. That yeah, was he? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. What do you got there, Matty? Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown had 45 runs between them. Mate, that's and and, I, and one of the key you know discussions going in was if they click and their number nine works, then it could be a big day for them. And we've got to speak about it. Grand Poppy Foz. Mate, I loved him at nine. Yeah. I, I, look, I know there were periods in defence where he got a little bit worked over, but like, oh, forgive the bloke. Forgive the bloke that the huge Samoan forward pack bumped him a couple of times. I thought Foran was a really good steadying hand at number nine. Not, again, Michael Maguire, brilliant. Even us did not see that coming. Even us, we, we live and breathe rugby league. We bloody talk about it all the time. Not for a second was I thinking, oh, Foran's going to start at nine. I thought Brown, for, for all money, was... Once again, a good selection by Michael Maguire. Isn't it just a great reminder? You know, we're always looking for dummy halves in rugby league, the best running game, who's the fastest, you know, running hookers all the time because the game's so fast. And then you get guys like Ben Hunt, Kieran Foran, who jump into hooker, who just understand the game. Yeah. And they just control the ruck the entire time. And it's so good to see. And like to think that they ran for 45 runs each, that's great service. Like for yeah. them to get the ball, to, to be able to look up, have the time to look up, not just be shoveling on straight away. Mate, um, Really, really, really good performance by the Kiwis. Um, I, yeah, fuck. And I, I love Foz at nine. Now, look, could his body handle that week in, week out? Probably not. Probably not. But from a person, look, I have a lot of doubts about Michael Maguire as a coach. Now, I do think that I may have been a little bit harsh when he was at the Tigers. No offence, Hemi. Um, I'm taken. Because, <laughs> because, because of how bad it's gotten since then, I don't think I was giving enough Michael Maguire enough slack of how poorly that club is run and how much you are dealing with from above. Um, now, look, there's still things that I disagree with with the way he coaches. But as we move further away from his time at the Tigers and then we see performances like this, we see the World Cup where they were a little bit hot and cold, but at the end of the day, they were a try essentially away from beating Australia. They go into that World Cup final. They may beat Samoa and be you know, champions. I'm, I'm kind of slowly coming around to Mike Maguire. Like, I'm after the game on the weekend, and look, it's against Samoa, we're going to see the next two weeks will be a really good indication. And they don't need to beat Australia. But if it's a high-quality game and it's close, I'm, I'm coming around to, like, maybe he is the exact man that New South Wales need. Christ, I hope so. Like, I, I just... 
that you can look at key decisions. Like, okay, for example, Chance at fullback. He, so he goes to the World Cup, sees Joey Marlon at fullback, he wins the golden boot, and then Michael Maguire has the guts to go, you know what? Yes, he can be the fullback in the world, best fullback in the world. Matter of fact, he even said it pre-game. He said Joey Marnie could be the best fullback in the world, but we just went. Basically, was saying we need someone that's you know got the runs there week in week out um, because he probably saw what we saw with Joey. Like he is a gun fullback, but his ball playing sometimes can struggle. And what do you know? Puts Chance back there, but also first try. What was it? Chance cut out ball. And I reckon it's the best ball of his career. <laughs> like, yeah. and so again, Michael Maguire decision four and at nine. Like these are key coach decisions that made. That helped, sorry, not made, helped the Kiwi boys play as well as they did. And shout out to Chance. I mean, <clears throat> two or three years ago, I would have put him in the same sort of category as Joey Mano. He's a run first sort of guy, he's a whole mm. high volume fullback. I didn't think he had this sort of ball playing in him, but as I just said, I, I thought that pill that he threw was the best of his career. It was, yeah, unbelievable. Who stood up for you? Well, I was just going to say, what a 12 month little window it is for Madge, too, because I'm with you. I think uh, probably unfairly people go, oh, I didn't work at the Tigers, so that maybe just tarnishes his legacy a bit obviously yep. won a premiership with South but now he gets to like let's say he wins uh, the Pacific Cup oh, and then yeah. goes on next year and wins Origin with New South Wales all of a sudden his stocks are sky high again yeah so, absolutely man, he, could, he could really turn things around um, I just reckon those guys you, you sort of touched on there were, were, were solid for um, for New Zealand there was you know not much to get excited for about the, uh, the Samoans but I don't know I thought Tommy Talao had some good like little moments there. Mm. Another one the Tigers will let go, <laughs> but he he had some strong runs, did some you know did some good stuff, and then obviously Far Logo as well. I reckon on the on the stroke of half time, um, if that little chip back in um, had it gone a little bit better, like far out, he could have had another all timer on his yeah. highlight reel. Yeah, it, uh, wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> we'll speak about the Samoa side. Actually, we'll stand the Kiwis and then we'll move to the Samoa. Um, but you're right, like. That, that was a real pivotal moment because we could have, we could have seen if we had seen that again with far longer it's like what this kid is unbelievable um, but just with the Kiwis uh, who stood out for you in the Kiwi side it's too bad Timmy's not here to talk about uh, Matty Timoko I thought he was fantastic and what I you know and look I'm I don't want to put the boot into to Canberra I understand that you know I, I was really impressed with what they did last year or last season. But what happened the first two times he touched the ball? He was a, bit, a metre behind the play. And I messaged you boys and said it. Isn't that such evidence of, and it's, it's again, it's no disrespect to the, the Raiders players, but I guess it's, everyone can kind of agree, in attacking football, their ball playing isn't top tier, the Canberra Raiders. They're a forward pack first, offloads, score tries through that way. And so... Timoko being a metre back, that's because he's played the whole season, usually getting the ball quite deep away from the line because their ball playing, attack ball playing, isn't deep into the line. As soon as he realised his timing on the top tier Hughes and Brown halves, he exploded because he dropped his first two balls. Mm. And, I, and as I said in the message to you guys, that's a clear example of a guy that is used to um, halves that don't usually go deep in the line or you've got a Jackie Whiten who was a ball runner and, and not really a ball player and he absolutely exploded after that. And I'll tell you what really stood out for me, he played left centre. Mm. I was expecting them to move the more experienced Manu yep. to play left. And another another shout from Michael Maguire. Yeah, uh, full credit to him and I, like, I just, you know, especially when you look at that Raiders side, <laughs> as you said mate, they don't have all the ball players in the world in my opinion. Jack, he's done well at 5'8", but I think he's 
a centre. Well, Ricky Stewart literally said yeah. he has been playing number six for the club. He's not a 5'8". He said that. Yeah. And the fullback, Seb Chris, another centre, yeah. playing fullback. Yeah. So uh, it's not an ideal situation down there. But, geez, it makes me wonder, for the last few years, when you had Hudson Young on that edge, you had Jack White, and could it have been the player to put him at left centre? Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, if you're Ricky Stewart, you're going, holy shit, get this guy some fucking good early ball. Get him some ball. Yep. He needs some ball. And, and, uh, you know, and Timmy speaks about it all the time. How, you know, it, one thing that is a real lack for the Canberra Raiders is they get in good ball and their shape is just nowhere near as good as the top tier. Yep. And, and look, some of that is by design because they're a, a forward pack first kind of mentality. Um, and we'll get to that obviously in the transfers. But yeah, Timoko was 11 tackle breaks. And even for the Raiders, like, it doesn't have to be anything special. Like, even just turning him under and sending him back against the grain. Yeah. He's so hard to handle. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I, I hope that the Raiders and Ricky Stewart... Watched that closely and sort of sat back and went, "Fuck, we need to utilize this guy properly." Absolutely, next year. and and I, I just just reiterating, the first two balls he drops, and it would if you had didn't have a keen eye on rugby league, you'd be like, "Jesus, Tim Walker's having a shocker." But the first thing I thought was, "Here's a guy that is not used to getting high quality ball yep. on the front foot." Like that's literally what's happened. All of a sudden, he's like, "Oh shit, I can be a, a meter closer to the line here. I can be a meter ahead," and boom, he starts nailing it. The other guy that stood out for me, and he still might be the most underrated back row in rugby league, Britton Nakara. Oh, man. My God, that line that he ran. Oh. I think the commentators mentioned it, but you want to earn respect off your teammates. Like, you are just asking to be wailed on that run. He's there. the best line runner in the competition right now, yeah. bar none. And it's not him. He's the best line runner since Boyd Cordner. You know, you know what else I really love about him? He does it all the time. It always goes, goes unnoticed. You know, in the grand final, Nate Cleary scored that last run. Everyone lost their mind because mm. Scotty Sorensen addressed it and got himself back. Mm. Britain's been doing that for two years straight. You yeah. watch, he never ever gets pinned for an obstruction or anything like that. His match awareness is incredible. He's such a good back rower. The Sharks yeah. has got a very special one there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy for Britain Nakota because there was a year there where I was starting to go, ooh, is this kid going to really reach his potential or is he going to be kind of like that battler back rower that he keeps his spot because he gets through his work, but he doesn't really wow. Mm. But I mean, this year he is, I mean, he was out... Team of the season, he was our back rower. One of our back rowers in Fafita, obviously. Isn't he a great example, though? The first year, absolutely burst mm. on the scene. Then he was flat for a year or two. People sort of started to jump all over his back, but it, it just takes time. And now mm. he's going to be one of the more consistent back rowers in the game for quite some time. Yep, absolutely. Um, who else are we going to talk about? I, I, I like the man who switched to the other side because it's almost saying, listen, everyone knows... Manu, he's great in a way, great friend. He can set up tries. We all know that. But basically, it was a, a giveaway of the game plan of like, you know, we're really not going to use you for that. We want you just roaming. So why would we stick you out and keep you out on the that other side? Instead, we put you, we'll put a strike center of Tomoko, who we want out there to be strike, and we bring you on the other side just to come in and take those hit-ups. I thought Joey Manu, he, he, it was almost perfect how, how he... Decided to come in sometimes, decided to stay out of the times. He obviously did it perfect. And look, they won 50 nil, so maybe in a game where it was a little bit tighter, that you know that, that would wouldn't work as well. Uh, but yeah, great, great performance. Just, just on Joe Money, have you ever seen a bloke in less of a hurry to put a new shirt on um, <laughs> after it got ripped off? Uh, two or three, the rest of the set, he was out there running around. Oh yeah, almost almost scored with his shirt off, mate. I tell you what. We give refs a hard time quite often. Yep. I want to give a massive ref, a massive rap to the ref for allowing a hot boy, Joey Marnie, yep. just to get through his work. Like, that puts bums on seats. It does put bums on seats. And so, the ref, was it Grant Atkins? Who was, who was the ref? Not sure. <coughs> uh, here we have. 
It's a great sign of a good ref, though. Got no uh, yeah, idea. see, I don't even know who the ref was. That's how good it was. Um, but, yeah, no shirt. I mean, I tell you what, there'll be a lot of uh, partners out there going, hey, uh, I might like a bit of rugby league now. We're trying to grow Let's the go game. To the footy. Exactly. Good for And the that's what Joey Marnie was saying. He wasn't thinking, I want everyone to see how sexy I am. He was thinking, I'm just trying to grow the game. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do at the moment with international football. We've got to put it front and centre. And this is a great way to grow the game. Get a couple of the boys with their rigs out. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to watch that? Oh, I mate. thought it was very impressive. Really. Uh, mate, imagine a hucker with no shirt on. Wow. That'll get the blood moving. Yeah. Gerard Sutton was the ref. Gerard Sutton. Yep. See? Massive rap, Gerard Sutton. He didn't go, oh, you need to put your shirt on, whatever. He said, let the hot boy go. The only thing he could have done better is uh, send it up to the bunker just for some nice uh, slow mo. <laughs> uh, well. I would like to see if that shirt did actually come off. <laughs> How about uh, Billy in commentary? I don't know if you heard him. Uh, he got his Joey's mixed up, Joey Tarpity, Joey, and he goes, sorry, I still just got uh, Joey Manu on the mind. And uh, who could blame him? Who could blame um, him? He's still on my mind. Yeah. He's still on my mind. It's freaking Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the hot boy as well, Joey Manu. 197 run metres. Remember the last time we saw him was only a month ago with back-to-back hamstring injuries? Yeah. How many of those metres with his shirt off, does it say there? <laughs> I don't know, it would have been 40 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crack. Uh, Nelson Asafa-Solomona, I thought he was uh, outstanding. Um, I mean, as a Storm fan, you got to like, damn, where was that last couple of games? Yeah. But, you know, we'll get to the Storm, but it, isn't it such a good example of even a guy, a man mountain, a man mountain in Nelson needs other forwards around him to give him a little bit of momentum to then be his destructive best. Because, like, that's what we saw on the weekend is that he had these other forwards doing their jobs, Tarpane, Nikora, Papali'i, Leota, Fisharis. So then Nelson got to do what he does best, was just come on, skill defenders. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was outstanding. Anyone that pack, else? V, the Ruse pack this weekend was oh, really unbelievable is what I was thinking. Yeah. Mate, I uh, yeah, cannot wait for that game. Cannot wait for it. And I want to give a quick shout-out to, to two players. Leo Thompson, he led the Hucker in his first game. He, he scored the try. Scored the try. Am I? No, he got it. No. Was it disallowed? Disallowed. Disallowed, yeah. Um, ran for 100 metres in uh, 49 minutes, and then he made 16 tackles. Only missed one. Uh, just... Like, I'm not saying that he, you know, blew the world apart with his debut and we're all sitting here going how crazy he was. He was good, solid. But a guy that no one would have said is going to be playing for the Kiwis at the end of this year. I just want to give him a massive rap for not only playing for the Kiwis, but being a part of the Knights resurgence, but also changing positions. No one talks about the fact that he, when he changed into that front row, I'm not saying he was the only reason they changed form, but I tell you what, he had something to do with it. I remember at the start of this season when Jackson Hastings went up to New, uh, up to Newcastle, we had him in here, and I said, "Oh, who's looked good?" And the first name he said was Leo Thompson. Yeah, well, he's going to absolutely blow it away this year. So uh, he was impressive from day one up there in Newcastle. Done very well, I believe. His brother plays Super Rugby. I think he's oh, plays sure. for the Highlanders or something. Super as well. Rugby still a thing. <laughs> still getting around. Just joking, rugby fans. Oh, just a joke. Can you Google um, that, Matty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you Google if it's still around? The other guy I want to give a shout-out to has been a fantastic journey back, Jermaine Osaka. Mate. Oh, yeah. From, well, seriously, one of the stories of the year. It, like, you, you would 18 months ago, you were sitting there going, which Q Cup team is he going to be playing for? To scoring 22 points for the Kiwis. Incredible. Mate, 14 months ago, I would have said, what a waste of talent. Yep. What a, like this guy on his day, I remember his fir- one of his first years for the Broncos. He was unbelievable. Like we we talk, we talked about it all the time off air. Like Jermaine Osako, like he has this incredible game and then he struggles. Incredible game and then he struggles. This year he has just come out 
been the most consistent winger essentially, at least one of the most consistent wingers. But the, his ability to score points is ridiculous this season. Like, like we're talking about in a Dolphins side that ran, what, 14th, 13th, 14th, and then he comes out. Even the try he scored, like that took, he had to bump for Alongo. He had to still get the rip the ball out to score it. 22 points in, in your return match for the Kiwis. It has been the best right foot step in rugby league in 2023. It's, How many tries has he scored? Like so many of his tries aren't just there's no one there and he puts the ball down. He's got so much work to do every single time. You know the right foot's coming, they just can't do anything about it. Mate, you want to go and watch the, the right foot, watch his match winner against the Roosters on mm. Cooper Cronk. Match winner just goes, whoopsie, thanks for coming, baby. Try time. He just leaves. Cooper just falls Just over, goes, what the yeah. hell just happened? Yeah. Um, yeah, stoked for him. Also, I want to give a shout out my boy, Griffin Neem. The big red white fella in the, the Kiwi jersey. You need a big red in a Kiwi jersey, don't you? You do. I mean, it, look, love seeing, like, geez, he must have applied a lot of sunscreen because he was looking super white. Afternoon, yeah. afternoon game as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, Natural yeah. enemy of the redhead. So um, kudos <laughs> to him for ripping in. Um, also, really good for Roosters. Um, Jerry will be happy about this. Very happy. Um, white. White, on the, white as 18th man. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise that until the game had started Mid-same. either. Same. I was like, yeah. what the hell? Great experience for him. Really good experience. And, I mean, this guy has all the talent. Like, it's, he's a young, really explosive, could play edge, could play in the front row. Uh, but, yeah, look, great game by the Kiwis. Really, really good game. Jeez. Uh, oh, Dylan Brown might be the most athletic player in the NRL. When you, when you, okay, so if you've got a guy like Reese Walsh, who's lightning quick, but obviously doesn't have the size. Like Dylan Brown is about six foot one, six foot two, 95 kilos or so, fit as a fiddle, like apparently comes close to winning all the fitness in the Eels, super pound for pound strong. Sometimes when he gets the ball, you forget. I, I reckon he's the fastest six in the comp by a substantial margin. Oh, yep, at top speed. Ezra Mann, maybe over the first 10, but at top speed, I would say Dylan Brown's probably the fastest six in the comp. You know, the, the time where you actually see his pace is when he's chasing down yeah. players because he, he does so much more, more defensive work than any other player. You, you just use, you know, Reese Walsh as an example. <coughs> like, if you force Reese Walsh to make 30 tackles, yeah. I'm going to back him in for eight plus missed tackles, yeah. realistically. You give Dill Brown 30, he does it every <coughs> week. He must, if he misses two, I'm disappointed with him. Yeah, he was just some of the touches and how dangerous he Every time he had the ball, there's nothing on. He looks to his outside, nothing on. The defence is all set, but he just, boom, hits the afterburners. Yeah. And he may not necessarily, necessarily have three line breaks, but what is he doing? He's getting quick play of the balls. And also, the next time he gets the ball, that defender has, mate, I am not sliding off this bloke because he nearly scored the last time I friggin' had to tackle him one-on-one and there was friggin' nothing on. Um, I can't wait for Dylan Brown's career. I mean, he's, what, 21 years old? So young. He's yeah. so young. He's ha- so having young. a half like him in your defensive line, like you see so many of these teams <clears throat> build their attacking structure around isolating halves. Yeah, not. There's no point. No, nah, <laughs> nah. He's 23. He's 23, so young as anything. Like His defence is essentially as good as a back rower. So you're ba- what you're basically saying, if you want to spot up Dylan Brown, you're asking to run at a back rower. Yeah. Like, well, there are back rowers in this comp you would rather spot defend on yeah. than Dill Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, massive shout-out to the, the, the Kiwis. They were outstanding. Um, quickly on, we'll go to Samoa now. I Like, I want to be clear. I am still just excited, just as excited as I was last week for La, for, for Alongo. I'm, I think he's a superstar of the future. I think that, you know, all the things I said last week, I still believe 100% this week. But isn't it just such a good example of even though you're a young superstar, even though you've got all the talent in the world, 
you still need time to develop and round out your game. You still need time for a club to be patient with you because if Fa'alongo is at another club, he would have probably debuted last year, maybe even the year before, but we'll just say last year, at the end of last year or something like that, or at the start of this year. But Storm have intentionally been patient for him because when you look at seven tackles, eight misses, that, that's, that's the key area where you go, okay, that's the part of his game he needs to round out. Reese Walsh, he struggled within his first few years. All the great attack, but his defence was a bit of an issue. Now he went to the Broncos, he's worked on a lot, he's gotten much better. And so I thought that this is a really good game to show. I, I actually think it's a good game for Fa'alongo because it, obviously it matters in the grand scheme of things. He's a very proud Samoan, but it's a really good reminder of, okay, I've got to gotta stick to my processes, get through this, the, the hard work and make sure I take care of all the little things first and then the big moments will come. Now, I'm not sitting here saying he played an absolute Barry Crocker, but what I'm saying is, is that those defensive, even though he was super brave and all that stuff, um, it is a part of his game that he'll have to work on to become the superstar we all know he can be. Yeah, completely agree. And I, uh, you know, I walked away from the last two weeks with Samoa, you know, getting beat convincingly in both. But God, I'm excited for what's to come in the future. Mm. They've now got their fullback. They've got their nine. Like I think um, Terrell May getting some experience in the mm. international game as well. Spencer Lenu, like you saw the passion he played with, still quite young. For the first time in a while, I'm looking at Samoa going, okay. Once Jerome Luai's back in there, I know what this team's going to look like for five years. Yep. Whereas previously it's been, fuck, who's going to play this year? How, yep. How's it going to work? So I think they had like guys like uh, Helen Lukey as well, another one yep. that's, you know, he, he, was, he was great when he was on the field. I really like the direction uh, that they're heading in. So I'm sort of, I'm still glass half full with Samoa, very much so. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you what, even though Luai would want them to go out there and win, doesn't his stocks just go up and up every time they struggle without him? Yeah. Um, another bloke, Critter had a pretty poor game, but mm. look, you can't you can't ex- ever excuse ex- uh, errors and just go, oh yeah, you know he's out of position. So I don't think even Critter would be sitting here saying, oh it's all good, I was out of position. But I like we have to. The fact of the matter is, this bloke was filling in at six because they had two basically Arcee and Volkman were the only genuine halves, and even you could argue Arcee's not even a genuine half, and he's also a rookie. So Critter was only put in six because he had experience. Otherwise, you would have had all rookies in your spine. Literally, you would have had um, Chan Kum Tong at nine, Fa'alongo at one. You would have had Volkman and Asi. It's just with that inexperience, I highly doubt they would have been able to you know, do much. But I guess a really good learning curve for Critter um, that even though it is not fullback, it's not even close to fullback, I think it's actually going to be really good for him in the off-season and the pre-season to go, okay, there's, there's quite a lot of little nuances that I may be able to take out of this game for Samoa and apply them to myself at fullback if I do play fullback for the Doggies. For sure, and isn't it, you know, you look back at that grand final and everyone walked away from that going, what about his kicking game? How good was that? Isn't it just another great example? Like, you look at how he played for Samoa, kicked two out on the full, a left footer on the right-hand side of yeah. the ruck. Yeah. Like, just those little things that I think a lot of fans don't take into consideration yeah. that, you know, most halves get right. Like, I remember, we had Jamie Soward in the studio here and he was a left footer he used to play on that side of the park and I remember him sitting here saying oh it doesn't matter and I'm going fuck when you're one of the best kids yeah, ever, yeah. it probably doesn't matter yeah. Jamie but for every other human it definitely does and yeah. I think you could really see that with uh, Stephen Crichton on the he weekend he shouldn't have been kicking long like yep. I, I don't know why you know maybe he was trying to step up and, and kind of um... Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Direct the boys around. But like he should have only been doing short kicks because he's got a great short kick game. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, look, wasn't a good game from Critter, but if you're a Doggies fan, you're actually probably kind of happy with that performance because you know he's going to be rolling into preseason going, okay, there's some key areas that – and also like some of his passing didn't look that comfortable passing, didn't look that natural to him. So bit of, it could be a little bit of a kick up the backside of like, okay, there's some key things I can work on here. I, can, I definitely can get better. I think it'll be, you know, like Stephen Crichton as well. I think we all need to keep in mind, you know, like that's four years in a row he's made it all the way to a grand final. Like oh, a World Cup. Like the amount of football he has played, I, I know he didn't run the ball all that much. And I've got a lot of Canterbury fans messaging me saying, that means he has to play centre. He's not going to run the oh. ball fullback. Fucking please. Just. Oh, my God. Okay. Six and one are not fucking. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but the key, the key issue for me for Samoa was the errors from the outside backs. Oh, like a lot of people are blaming the forward pack, mate. When your outside backs make four, three, two, and four errors, and then your forwards make one error. So all of their forwards, all of Samoa's forwards made one error. So like as in, they all made zero. One bloke made one error. Their outside backs, as I said, four, two, three, and four. How are the forwards supposed to build a platform off that? They're just defending their asses off. They just, like, what are they supposed to do? So I thought that was, um, you know, Tough for Samoa. Um, but I agree with you, mate. I think they're building nicely. Devastating loss for sure. But once they get To'o, Tango, Luai, um, you know, plenty of the boys back, I think that they're building. They're, they're, there's a direction there. Whereas, you know, I think if you've just started watching footy over the last couple of years, you might go, wow, dire straits. But I don't think people, people are forgetting it was only five years ago where there was no direction. It was, if you're a proud Samoan, put the jersey on and have a dig. Now it's like, no, we've got a bit of a core here. We've got a bit of core to work with. So, yeah. And as you mentioned then, obviously, uh, with the outside backs making errors, if you want another example, the Cook Islands last week, just about every outside back <coughs> made an error last week. This week, didn't make any, and we're yeah. able to stay in the game. I, I don't think it gets – I speak about it obviously all the time on the podcast, but that is something that is – outside backs can – they need to make minimal errors. Now, there's – Errors are not all equal. If you're an outside back like Reese Walsh who was throwing a fucking 50-metre cutout ball to score a try and you, so you tend to make a few errors like that, that's different. But it's the coming out of your own end, the knock-ons that don't need to happen. Um, very Coach hard kills. to call Coach kills, absolutely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.